You're listening to The Souvenir Shop, a podcast about random objects from the past. Number 28. The Masterpiece. A pottery hedgehog made from two conjoined thumb pots, with the spines created from passing clay lumps through a sieve. Its brown glaze has lasted well over the last four and a half decades, even though it serves as a doorstop for our study room. A slot at the top indicates its original purpose as a piggy bank, although it has never held any coins. For various reasons, I'm rather fond of it. What becomes of the untalented, as Jimmy Ruffin might have sung in a follow-up single? What happens if you really want to do something, but you're rubbish at it? Do you give up? Try harder? Or do you simply plough on regardless, hoping things will change? A few years ago, my wife Anita, for a birthday treat, booked the two of us onto a weekend 3D art course in central London. It all started well. The teacher and the other students were delightful. The tasks ahead explained in detail, and everyone, me included, was eager to crack on. And crack on everyone did. Except for me. By lunchtime, the entire class, bar myself, was already well into creating a 3D masterpiece out of wire and paper. I had just about created something resembling a failed miniature version of the Blue Peter advent calendar. And by late afternoon, my personal hell was complete, as each pupil's work was displayed and held up for scrutiny. I chickened out of day two, cowering at home to binge-watch Peaky Blinders, rather than suffer further humiliation. I like art. I know how banal that sounds, a bit like saying I like food. But more specifically, I see myself as someone who is excited by art. Someone who enjoys popping into the National Gallery or Tate Modern if I'm nearby. I've taken the time to learn about art and the work of artists, even ones I don't admire. Sit me down and I will happily pontificate on the glory of Vermeer, the tragedy of Rothko, or the pros and cons of Gilbert and George. Press me on the latter, and I might even describe a scene in the Pride of Spitalfields pub off Brick Lane, around 1985, where I witnessed George loudly espouse the wonders of the English public school system to a bemused group of Bangladeshi garment workers. What I can't do is make art. Tell me to draw a picture of a car, and it will no doubt look like something produced by an enthusiastic seven-year-old boy, with no sense of form, perspective or dimension. This is all the more frustrating for someone at the end of a long line of talented artists. My mother's watercolours have sold at Bonhams and been licensed as Athena Prince. My great-uncle Simon studied art at the Académie Julien in Paris and I've already spoken at length about my brother John's brilliance as a cartoonist long before he became a writer. Even my father used to make glass animals as presents for my mother when they were courting. All of them had a keen sense of form and design and imagination, coupled with the ability to realise all three. I have all of those, except for the last part. My two left hands always hobble my artistic intentions and sensibilities. Well, perhaps not always. 
because even the worst of us can have one good day. As I've already prattled on about, during the 80s and 90s, I was a regular performer on the London comedy circuit. At most gigs, I watched hopeful new comedians take to the stage to perform a five-minute unpaid guest spot. Try to envisage a hostile audience booing and heckling the poor sap off stage, and you would most likely be wrong. It was often worse. A lot of audiences are kinder to rookie comics than you think, so when a comedian fails, they mostly encounter silence, followed by a rising hubbub of the audience chatting amongst themselves and politely ignoring the car crash on stage. Every comedian experiences this at some time in their career, and I can assure you that when a comic talks about dying, they're not using a metaphor. A part of you actually dies. But there are exceptions. Those nights where, even for the worst act, everything goes right. Nights when, for some inexplicable reason, the routine which caused death the night before receives barrages of laughter and wild applause. Comedians are wont to reference these bright spots as the ones that made them carry on and help them mould their comic personas into the Harry Hills or Sarah Pascoe's we see today. My own artistic bright spot happened when I was 15. In the midst of revising for my O-levels, I needed to create a portfolio for my art CSE. For the benefit of younger listeners, the Certificate of Secondary Education was a way for schools to reward less able students with a certificate which carried absolutely no weight in the outside world. I know I must have created something else for the examiners to peruse, but all that remains of my artistic canon is the hedgehog. Without thinking about it too hard, the inspiration of two thumb pots, an attached face, and clumps of clay pressed through a sieve created a ceramic animal whose kitsch is only matched by its execution and brilliance of design. The CSE results always preceded the O-level ones, and the letter from the examination board told me that my first ever grade in a public examination was four. In other words, my efforts, hedgehog included, were one grade above what I would have achieved simply by submitting a piece of paper with my name and the date scribbled at the top. My O-level results were good enough to make me quickly forget the art CSE and I forged onward to A-levels. Halfway through my first term of my sixth form, I was asked to go to the art room and collect my portfolio, which, hedgehog included, was cluttering up the store cupboard. Mr Dishington, my erstwhile art teacher, collared me during my walk of shame. He stood with me in the storeroom and pointed to my creative efforts on the top shelf. You know, Matthew... If you'd applied yourself more, I'm sure you would have achieved something. I looked doubtful. I mean it. See that hedgehog? It's as good as anything I've seen this year. It's well made, it looks great, and I'd even bet you enjoyed making it. What stopped you from showing a bit more effort with everything else? I nodded and stuffed my portfolio into a Sainsbury's carrier bag before making a quick getaway. This conversation stuck with me because there was so much more I wanted to say. 
Mr Dishington, when not teaching art in a Chingford Comprehensive School, was a professional illustrator and newspaper cartoonist who successfully quit his day job a few years later. I don't doubt his skill and commitment, honed through years of practice and false starts, but he surely wouldn't have got anywhere without possessing at least some spark of artistic sensibility, some skill and awareness of space and proportion, without, I believe I'm looking for the word, talent. I'm sure in his own mind the teacher's words were encouraging, but it felt like a put-down. If I'd had a club foot and finished last in every sports day race but won the egg and spoon, I'm certain my sports teacher wouldn't have castigated me for not trying hard enough elsewhere. But the hedgehog, instead of providing a memento of the one day I got things right, merely highlighted my total failure as a visual artist on every other day before or since. But it does make a great doorstop. That was The Masterpiece, written and read by Matthew Diamond. If you enjoyed this, then why not hit like and subscribe and leave a review on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll see you next time.